All right, I'm I ready lost, to hop back to it. I lost the pen. If I you call it, it will come. What? <laughs> oh, I work. got it. I got it. <laughs> Previously on Avatar. What we did last week was uh, narrowed down the bracket so that we now have four pairs that we will then narrow down to the top two and decide which one is the best episode of Avatar. Yeah, so we went from 16 to 8. Exactly. So first we did the Cave of Two Lovers and the Avatar and the Fire Lord, and we chose the Cave of Two Lovers. Then we did the Southern Air Temple versus the Blue Spirit, and we chose the Blue Spirit, so it's now Cave of Two Lovers versus the Blue Spirit. Then we did the Puppet Master versus Sosin's Comet Part 3. We decided on the Puppet Master. Shocker. Then we did the Firebending Masters versus the Ember Island Players. We decided on the Ember Island Players. So it's the Puppet Master versus the Ember Island Players. Then we did City of Walls and Secrets versus the Boiling Rock Part 1. We decided on City of Walls and Secrets. Then we did the Desert versus the Headband, both Marissa's picks. We chose the desert, so it's going to be City of Walls and Secrets versus the desert. Then we did Crossroads of Destiny versus the Chase, and we chose the Chase. Then we did the Southern Raiders versus the Beach, and we chose the Beach. Then it's going to be the Chase versus the Beach. Dang, I am ready oh for it. God. I gotta say, Some I am really a little ones. bit surprised by the desert v the headband and Southern Raiders versus the beach, but I also yeah. stand by the choices that we made. I know, I'm I pleasantly surprised. When I heard you read them back, I was sort of shocked, but like, I don't know what we could have done. You mm-hmm. know, I know. Yeah, I wanna um, just see in our top eight, we have one season one rep, four season two reps, and then three season three reps. It's crazy. Dang. It's yeah. crazy that more season two episodes made it than season three episodes to mm-hmm. me. That is insane. Wow. Okay. I mean, we all knew season three was going to be rough and hard. Yeah. I think we all have an appreci- appreciation. Uh, appreciation. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of season three eps that were also versus other season three eps, yeah. such as the Southern Raiders versus the Beach and the Firebending Masters versus the Umbrella Players. Honestly, RIP season one, though, having it the only two, I think, season one episodes versus each other. That was rough. That was yeah. Okay. Welcome to the next part of the bracket. Welcome to the next part of the bracket. We are three non-benders, three friends who sit in a car talking about Avatar. They didn't know we were in a car until now. No, they knew. They knew? Yeah. I told them. It's catchy. It rhymes. Oh, cool. That's true. And a car could be anywhere. Yeah, we're we're everywhere you see a car right now. We are in that car talking about Soon coming to a parking lot near you. That's really cute. (laughs) so we're talking about the second part of the bracket today where we have eight episodes from these eight we are going to elect a victor and that is going to be the best episode of avatar according to our squad according to science Uh, yes very meticulous science and math and physics geometry elections um (laughs) i do like the term electing rather than killing off everyone else yeah yeah that's true so that's pretty nice yeah Yes, uh, my name is Rachel. I'm not a bender, but if I was, I would be an earthbender because I'm digging <laughs> my own grave constantly. I don't know how to adult. <laughs> I'm Tim, and I am not a bender, but if I were a bender, I would be an airbender because uh, I'm just flying through life. Flying <laughs> through by the seat of your pants. Hello, gang. I am Marissa, and I am not a bender, but if I were, I would be a waterbender because I am just drowning in my emotions right now. All right. Should we just do it? Yeah. yeah. Let's dive right in. Uh, Can I get that again? Do you oh, want to go Cave of Two Lovers vs. the Blue Spirit first? I don't want to, but, like, we have to. We do. Yeah. 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 I have no idea what to choose for this, but these are your guys' two picks, so I'm going to let you take the floor on them. Honestly, my primary argument is just I really love both these episodes, but the first time I watched this show, the Blue Spirit really stuck out to me, and I kind of missed what's dope about the Cave of Two Lovers, and I feel like the Blue Spirit is more crucial to what makes Avatar Avatar. I would say that the Cave of Two Lovers is a better like showcase overall of what Avatar has to offer in its many facets. I see you. Ooh, said that weird. <laughs> Taking it. Facets. Facets. <laughs> yeah, I think it encompasses both the serious and the comedic tone, and I think the Blue Spirit has some of that, also many more moments. Oh, it's so hard because I have such an emotional attachment to Cave of Two Lovers, and I am just... So enthralled by anything that has a musical number, but <laughs> but you uh, have a point. Like the like Blue Spirit is a fairly humorless episode of Avatar. 
I would disagree. I would say that the difference between Cave of Two Lovers and the Blue Spirit is that their humorous plot lines are reversed, right? The B plot mm-hmm. is much smaller in the Blue Spirit, but it's like funny. It's mm-hmm. it's Katara and Sokka effectively hallucinating and Momo. But because they have fevers and could die, just throwing that out there. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's still funny. <laughs> yeah. Water, Momo. Yeah. Like my... And then you see it from, like, Momo's perspective, and she's like, mah, 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 yeah. Mah, mah. Yeah. Like, And Momo just wants to help. Yeah, and he's just bringing them shiny things. Mm-hmm. It's, I would just say that, I would just make the point that yeah. it is, they have very similar structures, but the, like, funny versus serious is reversed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is true. They do have that crazy herb lady that's definitely in the White Lotus, is yeah. all I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. She is really funny, and she's at the beginning of the episode. The Blue Spirit shows in the first season that Avatar has the potential to achieve greatness. You I know? would agree with that. For, like, the resources that it has. I think the artwork is, like, stunning. Obviously, the music is incredible. We get some pretty dope fight sequences. And that whole, that whole Zhao addressing the army scene is just like you know that did stuff. not affect me the way it affected you i was surprised on the rewatch of the blue spirit what a profound thing it was to have ang go back for his worst enemy i mean there's always that thing with the hero where like he goes back for his worst enemy and saves his life or whatever like that happens to almost every hero and every piece of medium you could find but it usually doesn't start that the enemy goes in to save the hero just saying it's true. true there was there was definitely a few things that were different about that trope and the fact that like the only time it's ever felt believable for me is with ang not that like i think harry potter is a bad person or whatever but when he like goes back to save draco malfoy from the like flames of fire in book seven it's like whatever like this mm-hmm. kid like verbally abused your best friend all throughout school and like he's basically a piece of trash to you and like you don't have to be friends with him but in this moment ang doesn't have any like anger or aggression towards zuko which is just like a very profound thing to me i don't know it's the only sad it's like um yeah i feel like him reaching out to zuko is kind of a way for him to start to like process the grief of like the life that he's lost Mm -hmm. you know oh absolutely yeah Yeah. the way that he talks to him is like you know if we could go back in time do you think like we would be friends yeah and i think that's also ang posing that question for the future of like will they be able to go build a world where they can be friends yeah that's right i always i always think about that so much that scene that scene between ang and zuko i feel like was fundamental like the most fundamental building block in their relationship until like season three at least definitely like and i always think about the way the way ang lays it out it's like we've been living in this world where it isn't normal for firebenders to be friends with airbenders but ang like comes from a different world and in that moment we're realizing the world he's from but Mm -hmm. like really he's it took him till now to realize he wasn't still in that world, really. Ooh, like, I love that. He's been living in that world this whole time. And I that's the that. moment when he realizes, like, that's never really going to happen. And then a firebender chases him away with fire. Right. And he was also in such a politically charged atmosphere when he was captured by Xiao. Like, mm-hmm. Xiao. Yeah. I think I said this in the last episode, but I'm I'm very interested in tracking when people call Aang Aang versus when they call him the Avatar. And um, when we get to season three episodes and talk about season three episodes, like, there's a point when Zuko stops calling Aang the Avatar and starts calling him Aang. And by the finale, he says, I'm worried about Aang, or, like, I'm just worried that Aang won't come back. And it's profound to me to note that, like, in this episode, he has, like, Zuko doesn't know how to approach the genuine emotion that Aang is coming at him with, where he's saying, Mm -hmm. like, do you think we could have been friends? Like, I just want to know if we could have been friends or if maybe we can repair whatever's going on right now, like if any of this can be fixed at all. And Zuko does respond with aggression. So Aang comes from this extremely politically charged moment where like Zhao is referring to him as the avatar, as like a piece of treasure he has to transport to the Fire Lord. And Zuko... He's really dehumanized him. Right. Like he's talking about keeping him just barely alive. Like he... Yeah. And Zuko is like his closer to his age, like looks more like the friends he has in this world, like the friends he used to have, mm-hmm. but Zuko just doesn't know how to even approach that emotion based on his own life and based on the things that he's been through. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know how to respond to that with kindness. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see 
later on, I mean, even in the Cave of Two Lovers episode, we see Zuko also reject a kindness from that lady who reaches out to touch his scar. Mm -hmm. He also, like, just blatantly rejects that. Yeah. We can see the same instinct in Zuko yeah. in both episodes, and I think it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah and it's also cool, like, in Aang posing this question to Zuko and having it happen so early in the series, it basically sets up the fact that the way that this narrative goes while it's following Aang does hinge on Zuko. There's a reason we're following Zuko right now. Like, there's a reason the B-plot is just as important and, like, mirrors mm-hmm. a lot of what Aang's going through. It also just feels like the stakes are higher now. Like, this episode, even the comedic side of it is kind of a high-stakes situation. Like, he has mm-hmm. to get back to his friends in time to save them. I think, basically, what I'm saying is... I know how I'm going to cast my vote. I don't know about y'all. It is time to vote. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the blue spirit gets me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. I got to pour one out for Cave of Two Lovers, though. Yeah, man. I didn't, didn't know it'd make it as far as it did. Really proud of it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very happy that it made it onto our top ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect introduction to earthbending. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Do you think when Aang looks at those nomadic stoner <laughs> dudes that he thinks, that's the life that I could have had if I wasn't the Avatar? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the next one? Oh, yeah. The next pairing. The next pairing is... The Puppet Master versus the Ember Island Player. Oh, no. Man. it's gonna be okay too all right let's talk i love both of these episodes Mm -hmm. it is gonna be extremely hard for me to choose but i'm gonna just give one up for the puppet master right Mm -hmm. now and i'll tell you why Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say the puppet master is a miniature horror film Mm -hmm. placed inside a kid's anime like it is a such a specific tone that is different from the entire rest of the series, mm-hmm. but it works. It gives us, like, the depths of Katara that, like, we always knew existed, mm-hmm. and it shows us her, like, anguish over the kind of power she possesses, which I think is extremely powerful, especially mm-hmm. because she has been reigning in Aang and fighting off Zuko and trying to control Toph, dealing with all these other forces that have such incredible, uncontrollable power and emotion that is not as contained as hers is. And then she witnesses herself use her own power. And the ending scene that that episode ends on has always stuck with me where she's, like, looking at her hands, crying, and Sokka and Aang and Toph just, like, come to her and hold her. It is such a powerful, powerful moment. And it exists within this, like, horror mystery of an episode that, like, should not be able to work in Avatar, but does. Yeah. Yeah. Two, Two quick things. Like... The, first of all, the shot at the mm-hmm. beginning when she opens the lady's closet and all the puppets fall out. Ooh. I felt like when we saw that, like, we were going to see her, like, do some, like, bending and use the puppets and yeah. use them to attack people or something. And we never see anything. Like, it was definitely it was, a red like, herring. Yeah, yeah, but it was, like, it was just that she was a creepy old lady with puppets. Like, they ne- they never followed it up. Yeah. And, like... They always followed things like that up. And it was it was so cool to leave that detail just hanging. It is a horror movie. Because mm-hmm. it's like, the monster gets caught, mm-hmm. but, but she like... still won. Like, she <laughs> won because she got Katara to do it. Mm-hmm. And they all know it. Like, yeah. that's what breaks Katara. Yeah. Yeah. There are, like, two important things just to, like, point out to me. Is yeah. that the woman is also a southern water tribe <sighs> so bender. True. So, like, having that extra connection with... Katara is so huge because Katara is even like learning my heritage would mean everything to me. We've established that Katara is like the hope, like the driving force of this story. And I think in seeing her tribe dwindle down to nothing and being like the last bender and carrying that sort of like same cultural burden to a lower degree that Aang does, I think is a hugely important thing. And then the other thing is when she does bloodbend, it's in such an emotional moment. Like, she's about to watch Sokka impale Aang with a sword, and that's what causes her to do it. And I think it's just very indicative of Katara's character to show, like, she has these moments of very powerful bending that are super emotionally charged and more of a reflex. Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying, especially because the yeah. first times we see Katara bend are extremely emotionally charged mm-hmm. moments. I never put that together before, but I love that. 
Yeah. And I love your point, especially because Hama is a Southern Water Tribe lender of origin. Ooh, also brings up a lot of the themes of imprisonment that are, like, super prevalent. Yeah. yeah. But when I think of, like, Avatar episodes that I want to rewatch, I don't usually think of the Puppet Master, just because it is such an emotionally charged episode for me. I also have so many feelings about... The fact that, like, Hama is so similar to Katara, and, yeah. like, one instinct she does have is that she is, like, pretty good at working people, yeah. basically. Like, she gets Sokka and Aang to do things that she wants, yeah. and so, too, is Hama. Like, she confuses all these kids. She manages to round up, like, half an entire village. Yeah. And there's so many parallels there. From a gender perspective, I love this episode, but also from that perspective, it's hard for yeah. me to rewatch because it just, like, It is so un- But, like, quick shout-out to the episode that fits a parody of the entire rest of the show into its running oh, yeah. time. It's this is so also, meta. This is also super true of the mm-hmm. Ember Island players. Like, the fact they are that, both, like, like, takes on a genre. They are both mm-hmm. takes on a genre, exactly. Also, they did it instead of a clip show. Bless. Yeah, and it's um, better. It's better than a clip show. Is that what it's, it's called when they, like, recap? Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate that. Clip shows? The it's one because in, they the lost one, their budget? <laughs> the one in fucking Korra is the worst. You'll get to it. It's bad. It's just so boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ember Island players did something special with that yeah. um, penultimate ep. I think it's super important talking about, like, locations within the narrative. Yeah. Um, also, just the, like, the literal physics of the way it everything plays out on that stage are so yeah. satisfying. Like, the fact that there's no bending, it's just, like, when people, like, do fire, it's like you see the, like, uh-huh. sheets of red fabric be like... And, like, I'm, like, I'm watching this and it's animated right now, but I'm just into the physicality of it. So it must... So it's, like, animated so well. It's, yeah. like, so many layers. Yeah, because they could have just had benders up on the stage doing, like, martial yeah. arts stuff, but they really... They, they like, make the yeah. theater troupe a character within the show. Like, they thought about how it would really work to an insane degree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the... I love the idea that, like, non-benders take up art. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. like, a non-bending thing yeah. to, like, be a theater kid. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Man, and let's talk about how they think that Aang says yip yip when he goes into the <laughs> Avatar state. That was... Yeah, like, that's the most amazing thing is, like, seeing a totally believable perspective of somebody going around in the world and, like, hearing the stories of the Avatar, like, mm-hmm. played out in front of you. So good. So much meta-commentary. Meta-commentary about the show. Remember the canyon part when they're riding on off it? Oh, and they're yeah. like, yeah. a giant yeah. canyon! Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or then, when Jet dies, and and uh, Zuko's like, oh, did he just die? And Sokka's like, it was really unclear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so many good nuggets like that. I love Sokka providing the jokes for the dude. Yeah. Like, he and Suki have a cute little moment, too. Yeah. Where she's like, I am a, like, martial arts master trained in the art of stealth. Of course, I can get you backstage. Oh, it's so cute. I want to talk about Aang's plot in this, though. Because you guys know how I feel about the moment with him and Katara. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. moments in the entire series. Agreed. Something that I... Did that did frustrate me about this episode was Aang's like the constant focus on his like emasculation. Like, yeah. no yeah. offense to yeah. Aang, like, I get it that it's emasculating having like a female actress like play you in a stage thing and like having that character who plays the person you're in love with get with another person, but like, come on, dude. Yeah, like, he I also it like better. There was also something so cool about the fact that he just was that way. He never even was like, oh man, I'm so scrawny. He just was scrawny and was happy the way he was and wanted everyone else to be the way they were. Like, it just felt yeah. inauthentic to Aang. I totally agree with that. Something that makes sense to me is, given that it is the penultimate episode and it is just before he is about to take on the Fire Lord, I think about times when I am in extreme stress, whether it's like mental or physical or whatever, and I'm just, like, really stressed out. And, like, what are the things that make me snap? Usually they're things that don't matter or that if I sat down and thought about them, it would make sense to me. Like, if I just had a clear mind and was able to think about whatever was going on, I would be able to, like, smooth out all the creases. No problem. But when you're under that kind of stress, like, you want something to be going right. And when, like, the tiniest thing doesn't go right, it ruins your day. It, like, ruins your moment. So something about that makes me think that for Aang, that thing is Katara, because Mm -hmm. we also saw him react 
similarly, I mean, not really similarly, but, like, he had a moment with her where he kissed her before the day of Black Sun. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that, like, when he's about to be in situations of extreme stress or he's, like, gearing up for a very stressful moment, he, like, turns to Katara and, like, wants that thing to work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Also, his personality does do huge shifts in those moments. Like, when he loses Appa, you see him just become a completely different person. That's it. I really do take your point, Tim, that, like, Mm -hmm. he was so relaxed about that and it never was an issue for him before. I think about the scene in The Cave of Two Lovers when it's just there alone. That's, like, one of my favorite Katara and Aang moments when they're, like, about to kiss. And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, they don't know what else to do. So, like, they're going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And after the top of the cave starts to glow, Katara, like, freezes and is like, oh, my God, there's the exit. And she runs off. And Aang, like, is about to say something. But then he, like, shakes his head and smiles and runs after her. And it's, like, that moment might as well not have even happened. But it did. And he's just, like, satisfied with Mm -hmm. the almost Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But we get to season three. And it's, like, he's never satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. part of their relationship still being almost mm-hmm. i don't know if that shows a kind of like evolution i had a point going into that but <laughs> you you feel me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally all right i think we've hashed it out i think we gotta take a, oh, a little moment of inner peace moment um i have no fucking i clue just have no fucking to. clue yeah i'm i feel like the room is leaning puppet master by the room, I mean the car. I, feel I think like we should I just go leaning. in blind. I still haven't made up my mind. I'll do it in the three, two, one. I feel like it really hurts, you know, what I'm about to do. <laughs> but it feels clear to me. It doesn't feel easy, but it feels clear. I feel that but way, but because... not the same way you do. <laughs> I'm just really curious. Okay, what are you What are you going to vote for? I think I'm going to go for the Puppet Master. I just, like, mm-hmm. can't. Same. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, That's I was going to go Emerald. I mean, in my heart, I wanted to do the Puppet Master, but I also figured you guys would outvote me, so... My heart says Ember Island Players, mm-hmm. but when I'm like, what is the better episode? I... That was my same thought process, but, yeah. like, I'm happy to be the honorable vote. So, okay. Yeah, I cool. mean... Puppet Master wins, but we got one tally in there for Ember Island Players. I just could not let our top four go without a Katara episode, and yeah. we already dissed the Southern Raiders. I guess, yeah, in my mind, I was like, am I gonna pick an alright Aang episode, or am I gonna pick the best... <laughs> Katara episode. An yeah. all right Aang episode. <laughs> like, it describes like half of the mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Puppet Master it is. Beautiful. Uh, now for a message from our sponsors. Flamio Flakes. <laughs> Flamio Flakes. The hottest flaming flakes you'll ever flick flack on your flamula. Dick. Uh, <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Next one is City of Walls and Secrets versus the Desert. Can I just be real honest and hurt some feelings? Yeah, oh no. I just don't like City of Walls and Secrets. Alright, I'll give you the pitch again. It's fine. It just means you need the pitch again, and I'll give it to you again. No, no, no. I, like I understand it. its merit. I okay. get it. I but do you like... just, like, don't. Like, you but watch it. But I just it. don't vibe with the app. Yeah. You know? Definitely rewatching it. I it, It's one where I didn't I didn't actually like it all that much rewatching it, but, like, the first time I watched it, I, I like, blew my mind. I was, like, I mm-hmm. wasn't prepared. I, I don't know. There are so many episodes of Avatar where you're like, this is the first real episode of Avatar! <laughs> yeah. But, like, this was my probably strongest and last one of those. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. it is essential it's- to my theory that season two is Game of Thrones because season two is Game of Thrones and it's all the factions get set up in that episode. Definitely rewatching it, I felt like... I already knew where the plot was going. On the merits of these scenes that I'm watching, like, I don't know if this is maybe what I want it to be. Yeah. But I do really like it, and I do, but I do think The Desert is also a great episode. After having discussed The Puppet Master so thoroughly, I feel like you could make a real argument for The Desert being Aang's Puppet Master. Hear me out. He goes through, like, the darkest emotional place he's ever been. Mm-hmm. He suffers greatly and has to confront his grief. It is, like, has been one of the hardest things for Aang to confront this mm-hmm. whole series. Like, when he thinks about his people or all of the people that died because he was in the fucking ice cube mm-hmm. and losing Appa, these things make him angry because he feels powerless and because he can't stop them and doesn't know how, and so he lashes out with anger, and this is just the also darkest... Also, because of sadness. Like, we yeah, don't really it's incredible ever see Aang be sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, he I shields himself... Episode. Yeah, he and he shields himself from mm-hmm. that with like this very powerful anger and 
It is. And it triggers a power that he doesn't really want to use. The and he, same that way he it cannot does it control. Katara. Yeah. yeah. That he, and that mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Katara looking at her hands and crying says to me. It's like, I don't know what what is going on and I can't control it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Aang in this episode. I feel like we see him at his darkest and the episode does not end happily. It ends extremely in an extremely dark place. Mm-hmm. Same as the, the other one. And it's just... Paired with this incredible comedy yes. of Sokka and Momo <laughs> tripping, tripping balls. balls. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of my favorite moments, maybe in the entire season, is yeah. when Sokka's like, okay, we'll go soon, but first, who lit Toph on fire? <laughs> and Toph's just like, well, I can't see anything. <laughs> counter, counter, I get to, to hurt some feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I have always felt about that up. It's like sort of like book five Harry. It's like Harry at his moodiest and angriest, and like kid has PTSD. Okay, yeah. <laughs> dude. Yeah, he watched no. the dude die. It's true, and like some of the great stuff in Harry Potter is like with moody Harry. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's part of Harry's thing that he is that way, like extremely moody and extremely like like dark when he wants to be, mm-hmm. and it's important to both characters. But I think to me, it's not the most enjoyable way to see Harry. Like, Mm -hmm. it's necessary to other parts of his character, but it's not the parts that I want to hang with. So you're saying it's not the most enjoyable part of Aang. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be real. Mm -hmm. Watching that episode left me upset. Which I'm like, let's watch a funny episode. And then by the end we were like, weeping? Yeah. And it was like, I had just met your friend, and I was like, hello, these are my tears. Oh yeah, (laughs) my friend Nicole was up to visit us, and I told her, I was like, oh, I just got to watch some episodes of Avatar, We'll have a fun yeah. time. And I was like, well, watch the desert. It's going to be so fun. Like, yay, Avatar with a friend. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, fucking depressing. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting some real moody fave apps. Yeah. It's because I'm, I'm here. Definitely... I love the mood. <laughs> no, yeah. I but I definitely, like, don't want to punish it for being serious. Yeah. There are a lot of best apps of mm-hmm. TV shows where I'm like, I don't want to watch that one. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's, like, amazing. Let's talk more about what City of Walls and Secrets actual plot is Mm -hmm. i think i need a little bit of a refresher because it does set up a lot i do dig the dai li i won't Mm -hmm. lie yeah long fang's a little extra but like yeah he can hang oh yeah and basically it generally covers the part from when they get to bossing say it's like they get to bossing say and that lady gives them that tour judy yeah and they break into that party yeah they're trying to get to the king is the idea to to give him the secrets don't get to the king but they yeah okay i did like that scene he tells them what the deal is in bossing say and how Mm -hmm. there's no war b plot jet yeah b plot jet going crazy loco going crazy loco on trying to get the um trying to catch zuko and iroh firebending and we get that great fight scene with buzz cut zuko and the double swords and jet and the whatever hook thingies i love that they both got little double swordy things Ooh, i ship it anyway Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in there it definitely doesn't have every great moment from season two in that middle awesome area but it has a lot of it it has the bear scene (laughs) you don't know how hard i had to work to get a seat this close to the bear yeah yeah. That's not like, the line. Literally, like, they work so hard to not get caught all the time, and then yeah. they just get caught. Someone's like, hey, yeah. that's the Avatar. And Aang's like, ah, and he just goes well, with it. I like it because it kind of sets up how sinister the Dai Li are. Like, well, they're, they're about to face opponents that they, like, maybe aren't equipped mm-hmm. to face. Because, like, up until now, our gang has been like, we're going to go in a place. We'll figure it out. It ends out great. You know, like, yeah. usually they end up with, like, friends in the cities that they leave and, like, no real opposition to their stealth. Like, once people find out who they actually are, everyone's like, oh, it's the Avatar. He can hang. But, like, here, when they're met with opposition, it's from Long Fang. And you're like, this dude probably isn't going to be cool with them just, like, sneaking into this party, you know? Yeah. I like the I like the stakes that it sets up. And we see those, ooh, those gloves that they bend with. Yeah. Oh, those are amazing. Mm -hmm. Those are, like, the bomb. I I love Long Fang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love Long Fang as a villain, and that is his introduction. Like, he doesn't have a better episode. I am so surprised that a villain who, like, okay, think about Long Fang and compare him to Yue. Like, we knew them for about the same amount of episodes, Uh and Long Fang just, I don't know, he's, like, the villain opposite to Yue. Like, I loved... Mm -hmm having her around and I was like 
this is amazing. Sokka gets a love part. Like, I'm a teenager. This is interesting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then Long Fang comes in and he's like the exact opposite. Like, he's a villain, so you don't want to sympathize with him. Like, you don't want to have empathy with him. Mm-hmm. But, like, still somehow he's so compelling. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the voice actor who I just looked up on my phone. His name is Clancy Brown. Well, I feel like what sympathizes Long Fang is that Azula is still his common enemy. Yes. You know? And the way his pride is broken by losing the Dai Li yeah. yes. is so Earth Nation. Mm. <laughs> like, so yes. good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. One quick note. Uh, Clancy, who voices Long Fang, also voiced Mr. Krabs from Spongebob. <laughs> so, so, uh... <laughs> so that's where you know him. <laughs> No, I definitely agree with all that. I just, I really, I really do love Long Fang, and I had a stronger appreciation for him coming back for the last rewatch, which was cool. Mm-hmm. I am happy to put City Walls and Secrets into the final bracket. It is not my emotional opinion, but it is my opinion for hashing out a really dope uh, next round of the bracket. <laughs> I don't know. I think do I'm still going to have to be the protest vote and go with the desert. But that's fine. I can take that protest hit. Yeah. I got the puppet master in there. I'm, I'm a happy camper. I'm a happy camper. I mean, The Desert <laughs> is a really good episode. The Desert, yeah. it's an extremely, extremely sad episode, and I am all about the moods. So <laughs> well, I we just I have too it. much mood, man. Yeah. Up yeah. to you guys. I mean, if you guys mood. outvote me, you guys outvote me. I'm kind of excited at being outvoted. It's like I'm a rebel. Like, I don't feel like I am putting down the desert because it's moody mm-hmm. i feel like it's genuinely to me not as good an app as city of walls and secrets like i feel like it's such a plotty episode and we don't have th- that many of those if you feel like the desert is the better episode like if that's how you feel like it vote is in my heart, your though. conscience <laughs> damn okay I feel like you guys are going off emotional integrity, so I also have to do that and not vote on what I think is going to make the bracket doper. I have looked within my my deepest trench of emotions, and I have pulled out the desert. All right. Oh, I'm the I'm protest so sorry. vote, though. You oh, almost had me, Tim. Now it's, like, now it's like we have grudges. Now it's like we have history. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to happen. Will I even I vote for you guys you at all. tribal? I don't know. <laughs> All right, next is The Chase versus The Beach. And I know which one is my episode. Yeah, yeah. I disagree. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's fine. uh, Up until my most recent rewatch, The Beach hasn't really stood a place in my heart. Granted, it may be because I hate cringe comedy on television like yeah it took me a long time to be like my anxiety be okay enough to yeah. watch that so raven okay guys yeah I like watching this episode as a child i was just like i want to go home but i'm in my living room <laughs> you know but like um besides that whole side thing with azula now uh, i've learned to respect it i think they get to a great emotional place by that fire i need a gif of i'm angry at myself yeah, with like, the fire uh, yeah <laughs> And and then he falls over backwards from a handstand, and I'm like, wouldn't that hurt? It would definitely hurt. <laughs> like I was like, Zuko, you're made of rocks. <laughs> you rock person. <laughs> I love these two episodes, but they're both mine, so I'm really happy if either one of them wins. But dude, the chase is just like so prime. The chase is the episode embodiment of that end credit song. That's like, <laughs> like that is that episode, okay? <laughs> exactly. Enough yeah. said. All right, let's describe in in yet more detail. Can I give my pitch for the beach? Absolutely. Okay, they're both my episodes, so I both really love them a lot. But the beach was like the first episode of Avatar that I ever watched. And I came across Avatar when I was like, I'm I'm the oldest sibling in my family, so I have two younger siblings and they're very close in age and I'm like five years older than them. They were watching TV with like their friends and I saw this episode and like they weren't really watching it, but my God, I was enthralled. I was like staring at this episode and I was like, I cannot believe this is a kid's show. I need to watch it right now. And I was like 13 or something. Was I was your like, call to action? It was. I was like, there's material like this made for me? For me, a youth? This is made for me and it is, they are having feelings? 
So I like immediately pirated all of it because I was a very internet savvy kid. That's what you got to do. And watched all of it. And like, so the beach has that super special place for me, but also I have the added benefit of growing up in Southern California and having actual real conversations like that around fires, just like on the beach. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't know if you guys ever had that or, I mean, you also live by a coast, Marissa, but it was like, was so visceral for me, like knowing exactly what those people felt when they're just like sitting by the fire, by a beach and like the ocean and it's cold and the fire is warm and they're sad. And I was like, I too, like was depressed in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just like so emotive for me. And I just like, cannot let it go. The fire brought them together. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Plus, I absolutely uh-huh. love awkward humor. Like, The Office is my favorite show. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man. I feel like you gotta just throw some words out for The Chase. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Chase has one of the best conversations in the series. I say that about, like, a lot of shit in the show, yeah. but, like, the oh, Toph, with Toph and, um, you reminded me that that mm-hmm. existed, Tim, so. Yeah, with Toph and Iroh, and neither of them know who each other is, and they, like, oh, have yeah. tea together, and it's very... It's, like, so pure. They pure, all yeah. help each other. It's like you know? it's like the pure uncut avatar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love the moment at the very end when they are all circled around Azula. Everyone, you know, slowly comes in piece by piece. And the last one to get there is, is Uncle Iroh. And, like, they're all circled around Azula. Like, everyone's pointing at Azula because she's the common enemy. And then you can see Toph recognize that it's Iroh. No, dude, Iroh recognizes it's Toph, and while he's looking at Toph, Azula shoots him. Well, well, she, you can, there's Mm -hmm. a shot where you can see her recognize him, too, based on the vibrations of his Mm -hmm. voice that she's getting, like, from her feet. Now that I'm thinking of it, I think it actually comes after he, like, Azula does hit him. Mm Mm-hmm. You can see her move and recognize that he's the one who went down, have a moment where she's, like, oh, my God, all of it's coming together. What just happened here? Like, what just went down? And that moment is always super visceral for me. And I don't know, like, that's Mm -hmm. how you feel after that episode when Zuko is just, like, so full of anguish and his uncle is, like, on the ground. And it's just after he, like, betrayed him for the first time, not the second time, but for the first time this season. And it's it's just so sad. Mm -hmm. But so good. Yeah. Also considering, like, the conversation that... Top has with Iroh like opens a perspective up about Zuko that I feel like Toph out of anyone in the group I feel like would need to have that happen too so she can accept Zuko later on you know mm-hmm. and then Katara immediately goes to help she sees Iroh go down and she's like I can help like mm-hmm. she says the words and Zuko does this whole like no you know I love that some uh, Phantom of the Opera shit. I love yeah. that pure scream mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a it's an extremely good episode I just I love the setup too I love those weird snake hound things oh. also there's a little uh, Tylee Sokka ship moment every once in a while they oh, just yeah. throw like that dancing. in there yeah. yeah and she's like was it me or was that guy really cute and May is like get me down from this goddamn tree <laughs> yeah. like wherever she's stuck like uh, life is good the chase is good. The chase is good. The chase is really good. I thought this was going to be a tragic, like, sad process, and it is difficult. Yeah. But it's mostly just, I'm so proud of all of them for getting this far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we all you, wanted the chase. You. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm really proud that it made it here, but I think it's time to let the chase go. I really, really love the beach. I don't have the same experience with it that you do. My honest <laughs> reaction at first was like, this is a lot of boobs for children. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, and, that's yeah. we all, we all. But as that. the episode went on, I was like, there is nuance to go with the boobs. Like, <laughs> more nuance for more boobs, I see. <laughs> oh, the exchange rate is clear now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think, it's, I, think a lot about I don't know. Tim and I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it is one of the best episodes of it. It's quintessential too. If we're hitting up all of the moody points, I feel like we just yeah. didn't get a chance for Sokka to be moody. He's not really moody. That's fine. His moody episode doesn't... is like okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if we're gonna balance this out, we got like two Ang moody episodes. We got a Katara and we got a Fire Nation moody episode. Oh, it's I'm... gonna be super moody. Yeah, I'm super amped about it. But my honorary vote is going towards the chase. You guys oh, yeah. can vote in the beach, but like I gotta pour one out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Pour One Out. It's like when you drink Katang, but then it's gross. So you... <laughs> 
pour one out. Is that the final four? This is the final four. Okay, we have to narrow down the moody episodes yet more, dudes. Okay, final four is the Blue Spirit versus the Puppet Master and the Desert versus the Beach. Which I love that the desert and the beach ended up opposite each other. I love all the sand. I love all the hot. I'm a lizard, and I need to be in the hottest. (laughs) I need to be under a heat lamp at all times on a beach. (laughs) Well, I think I already know how I'm going to go, but I am always willing to have you change my mind. I'm ready to commit to, like, without talking about the top Mm -hmm. four at all, decide on a top two right now. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Can you read, read off our first visceral hashing? Blue Spirit or Puppet Master? Marissa, go. Blue Spirit. Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Oh, dang! I'm into it though. It kills me. I could have. I could have had. You could have had it. You could have had it, baby. <laughs> you could have had it all. I'll miss you. Man, I'm hurt, but like, I'll get over it. <laughs> Thank. Oh. Okay. I better soon because we gotta. Yeah. Choose a we choose. got another <laughs> visceral thrashing. Next thrashing, <laughs> the desert versus the beach. The beach for me. The beach. The beach. Okay, great. (laughs) You guys, we are at the top two. We made it. It is the Puppet Master versus the Beat. This is extremely hard because I do feel like the beach, I made that extremely long argument about the beach and about how much I love it. But the Puppet Master, as I said before, is, I think, just an exemplary genre episode that should not work but does and gives us such harrowing depths to the lead female character powerful stuff that said the beach is everything i said about it before and more it has stunning comedic moments by fire nation characters who are villains like Mm -hmm. are serious villains it has humanizing moments for all of those characters and it has some of the best Ty Lee Azula material i got all season (laughs) (laughs) the puppet master is like all depth and the beach is like, like so many characters. Like, there's nothing else as deep as the as Katara really in the whole show. I would say, but the beach is like an amazing like one act play about like five different people that <gasps> turns mm-hmm. out to be really smart. Yeah, they pack so much into like twenty two minutes. Yeah, but I think okay, I think we know what these episodes are about. Right, what they got to offer. I feel like we have to pick a criteria. Mm-hmm. In which we're going to judge the best episode of Avatar. Okay. I love I, criteria. I Shipability vote... can be on the rubric. <laughs> we're just purely voting the best episode of Avatar. Wait, no, I love your lesbians. idea. I love your idea about criteria, mm-hmm. and canon lesbians mm-hmm. aren't on the criteria. Sorry, Avatar. <laughs> but you don't have enough canon lesbians. That's your problem. Um, the Okay, I, fo- I like your idea for criteria. I'm going to offer up a few. Hit me with them. I feel like... You could say, how crucial is it to understanding the show? Like, you could not understand the finale without it, say. Or you could not understand the essence of the show without it. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a crucialness. The essence is also a good point of criteria. What else is there? I don't know. Just, like, the vibe. Yeah, it's definitely... It's surprising to me that we have gotten to this place at the end, and we don't really have an upbeat episode. I guess it's not that surprising. But, like, they're two really serious, they're two really serious, deep season three cuts. Yeah, and the like, beach is, like, more tropey. Yeah. And has, like, more comedy in it, and I think is also, like, playing on the anime beach. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, yeah. fantastic. Like, it is the yeah. most, it is the most meta episode that is not ever in the players. Yes. <laughs> Pour one out. <laughs> as far as what you're saying about, like, what's quintessential to knowing the show, getting to know... This many characters in an episode mm-hmm. is yeah um, awesome, but I think as far as getting to know them within the context of the show, we could have had a successful finale without this. I think this episode does add nuance to Azula's character and to her, to like May and Tylee, that is really important for the finale, but I can't ignore the fact that Katara is our narrator. And is, like, it's just kind of a debate of, like, if Aang is out of the picture, because these are, Aang is, like, barely even in each of these episodes. Oh, in the beach, his plot is getting chased by Drake. Oh, yeah. That's dope. Sparky, Sparky, Oh, man, yeah. We gotta. Who looks like Drake. 
I've never been one for Sparky Sparky Boom Man, but he does look like Drake. It's not very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I was trying to say is, if Aang is out of the picture, who is our second in command? Do we pick a Zuko-centric episode, or do you think Katara Uh, is more important to the foundation of Avatar? And it is a really hard choice. It is like a... Katara's best episode versus Zuko's best episode. Mm-hmm. I don't One know if this is Zuko's, Zuko's best, best episode. Yeah. It's Rainbow Fire. <clears throat> <laughs> this is interesting because Southern Raiders got out so fast, and it was that's like their episode together. Yeah. Also. That's oh, that's true. How close do these episodes happen to one another? The yeah. Puppet Master is later in the series than the Beach. Um, the Beach is the fifth episode of season three, right oh, after okay. Sokka's Master and right mm-hmm. before the Avatar and the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Makes the sense. Puppet Master is number eight in the series. I mean, in the, uh, season three. It's right after The Runaway, which is kind tops. of a weird it's episode a that I didn't really story. like very much. Yeah. Um, it has like a good guitar moment, but it's like a weird episode. And right before Nightmares and Daydreams. God, they just, like, squash the heavy episodes in between, like, Mm -hmm. not as heavy episodes, which is very smart. Mm -hmm. Based on this episode order, I would argue, like, the beach, because it's so early in the season, I really thought it was way later. Me too. I feel like it sets the tone for season three, which is our fire season. So just on, like, weight within the season, Uh I think you can argue that the beach is, like more important to the structure. Mm-hmm. It's hard, though. I know that Puppet Master isn't really about Aang, but it would just be a crazy thing to make our best episode of Avatar one that effectively does not include the trio. Like, I know they're, like, <laughs> fighting the Boom Man, but, like, they are, like, barely in it. Yeah. That's true. It would be a hashtag statement. It would be, you know? We but that's okay. We do see them work well together as a team. Yeah. Fighting a Boom Boom Man. Sokka kills him. I'm still Doesn't genuinely he? not sure which one to do. Oh, I thought you were going to say genuinely weren't sure if Socket killed Sparky Boom Man. Because, like, I'm oh, with the pretty boomerang? sure we're sure he, we, he did that. In the Western Air Temple? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he did it, That's but true. that seems right. That does seem right. Maybe it was Zuko, though. Wasn't it Zuko? No, it was definitely Sokka's win. Mm. I remember yelping with joy. <laughs> you know. Mm. Yeah, when you yelp. Yeah, with joy. I can. I still cannot choose. I still am so. Yeah, these are your lost. darlings. I think I, I know. know. We said we weren't going to say that, but these are. These are. I think darlings. they're both your votes, right? No, no, no the... dude. Puppet Master's mine. Yeah. Vote Puppet Master. <laughs> Purely on the basis that it makes this bracket awesome. <laughs> uh, gotta get my handshake arm going. Yeah. <laughs> better stretch out. <laughs> I, we've gotten to a situation again where it really bums me out which one's got to win, but I'm not actually that unsure about it. Like, it feels clear to me, and it's just hard. Like, they're just, we. I just want both of them. There's just one that is better <laughs> to me. But there's only one where Katara does a scary horror movie voice. That's true. Man. So you were going to pick the beach? No, I was going to pick Puppet Master. Oh. That's what I wanted to know. I'm leaning towards the beach. See, the beach is so good. I just I've been judging a lot of these on like which is a better just like episode and I just think like, oh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Cuz the emotional arc, there's just something about the beach that just like works so well as yeah. an episode. Yeah. Not that the puppet master doesn't, but like the beach looking also... back on it with a more critical eye, I can poke more holes in the puppet master as there's, an episode. There's also like, how did she get the comb? Mm-hmm. Like, why does she not look like she's like? Why does she not have the darker skin mm-hmm. from the southern southern water tribe? Oh, like, that's true. Mm-hmm. Why does she got this? Puppet? But I there's a lot of plot. I I think really... like the beach also like feels so stuffed. There are so many characters in the beach. And, like, on a moment-to-moment level, the beach is tremendous in a way that I don't think mm-hmm. the Puppet Master really is. Yeah, but... and I think that's some of the best stuff that Avatar has to offer. Like, yeah. the emotional depth is there, but, like, what I come to this show for is the balance of the emotional depth with something else. Yeah, and I think... That's very true. If we're going to talk about which episode captures the essence more, I think... 
it's the beach because it does have the emotional depth. It's not to the level of the puppet master. Like, I don't think I cried. I probably cried like emo tears watching the beach, but like, I didn't cry like tears. tears. (laughs) Yeah. I cried like anime tears watching the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I think the first time I watched the puppet master, I probably, I probably shed a few good ones, you know? Oh yeah. Um, which is something that Avatar has to offer and I love that and you can't discredit that. But the beach captures that little, like, extra something. Yeah. And it just, it definitely, like, it gives all the characters characters. When the episode started, like, two of those people were people. And at the end, like, five out of five were people. There's only four of them. Four out of five. (laughs) That's how good Avatar does it. The last Uh, one is Sparky Boom Man. Yeah. (laughs) He has a family. (laughs) It is, it is, um... It gives, like, it gives May and Azula and... Tylee. Tylee. All characters. And, and then Zuko and May's relationship. You know, the way he wins May back later in The Boiling Rock is by, like, his allegiance to his country. Yeah. Like, oh, she yeah. literally thinks it's he's so a political. traitor. Mm. And he's like, no, this is, like, what is right for our country. And then after that argument, she helps them escape. So, like, ha- seeing Zuko actually grapple with stuff and, like, be honest about, like... My dad talks to me. Everything should be great. <laughs> She's like, you're right. Like, everything should be great, but it's not. Like, the beach is fundamental to season three. Something I also love about that particular moment when they all, like, are freaking out around the fire and, like, Zuko talks about his dad and May talks about how her life was super boring and whatever. I think only episodes before we had gotten them like, talking about how much they hate the world together, and it, like, kind of parodied their relationship, because we, but as the viewers know at that point, that it, they're, like, two super emo characters, and so the writers are sort of playing off of that when they have that, like, really dark exchange where they're like, oh, I hate the world, like, you're so beautiful when you hate the world, or whatever they say. But then in this episode, like, the actual things that, like, go wrong that aren't even fun to hate because they're so wrong in your life are actually coming forward and making both of those two characters like grapple with I don't know what this actually means like what Mm -hmm. is going on inside them that make them think that like it's so fun to hate the world but it's like their world is pretty easy to hate let's be real (laughs) right but I mean like you know there are like people who are who do that all the time who are like Mm -hmm edgy and I feel like they were both yeah. they're playing off of the fact that like they the writers know that we think that they're edgy and then in mm-hmm. that episode it's like that actually has a consequence yeah, yeah. which is a good thing it's also like to hear honestly. it's a v-serious episode but it's also like the episode of avatar that's like they all go to a party yeah, <laughs> yeah at last <laughs> someone has a freaking party and i loved how normal it was like yeah. all the teens who like are on ember island are like the like rich kids mm-hmm. and like it's just so it's just so genuine. They just yeah. like thought about how like how these kids would be want to be perceived as cool. I mean, you kind of see this with like Azula like trying to act cool or whatever or learning to act cool so yeah. she can betray their trust later. Yeah, true. It's just so it's just so interesting to me. We should vote soon. Do you have more to say about the Pokemon? Yeah. I just like I don't know what else I can say. I, I know, but I love it so, so much. much. I love the beach so much too. I feel like the Puppet Master is unlike anything else. I totally agree. I totally... And it's like... it's And it's such unlike... a beautiful, like, 22-minute story. Yeah. Like, the beach is great, but it relies on a lot of ground that has been laid yes. before the beach. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the Puppet Master introduces a thing late in the game, a completely new concept that's scarier than anything fucking else in the whole yeah, world Yeah, it Avatar. shows how far they're gonna go. Yeah. You know? And, oh, man. just It has the most terrifying implications... And it's, you're waiting for the threat to overtake, like, you're waiting for it to cause physical harm to them, and instead the only bad thing that happens is she learns to bloodbend. It's like, so but true. that's how she wins. It's just, it's so flawless. It's just I, so true. I have, I have got to vote for the Puppet Master. I, oh man. I, and I, I understand about the beach, because it no, is dude. extremely good. I think I might turn. I just, like, I... What you said before was also very motivating about, like, not having our, like, 
mains exist really in the episode that we're choosing as like the best episode of Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for me to not consider Katara the main character. You also made this point earlier, Marissa. Yeah. Earlier, honestly, earlier when you were talking, Tim, about how like trying to be super vague and we could only pick one episode and whatever, like I was thinking the puppet master. Because even though all the things that we've said about the beach are true and it like might be like one of the most awesome experiences for me watching that episode for the first time because that was the first time I was like, oh my God, a kid's show can like mean something to me. Like they're not treating me like I'm an idiot. The puppet master also does feel like just such a solid open and closed piece of entertainment that is like. A a tiny horror film. It is like a tiny scary story delivered to you through these characters who, like, you know... Start out also around a campfire. Oh, true! Both episodes featuring campfires. Wow! Campfires, the big winner of our bracket. Yeah, Yeah, campfires gets a firm handshake. (laughs) 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 I think your argument boils down to that whole they're not treating me like an idiot kind of thing like avatar is just good viewing for young people Mm -hmm. and i think you can also argue that the puppet master plays off of that they don't assume less of their audience they assume that the audience will come and meet them on this plane Mm -hmm. of like emotional complication and like dark subject matter and have them be able to digest it and like move and grow with the characters absolutely and i think that is super admirable and i both episodes definitely do that the whole whole fucking series does that (laughs) no you're absolutely correct and that is what makes the show very special i think Mm -hmm. and what makes it for me like able to still enjoy in adulthood you're so right listen gang i think i'm kind of seeing the future a little bit here And it's one where we can all win. If you two are definitely going to vote the Puppet Master, I'm still going to vote the Beach because we have to pour one out. But I also still get my firm handshake. (laughs) I feel feel good about that. I don't win, but you know what? I didn't come here to win. I mean, in a twist of fate, I could firmly handshake you. (laughs) We could firmly handshake each other at the same moment. (laughs) It's true. All right. I mean... Yeah. Should we just three-way handshake? Oh, it would be so sexy. Yes, yeah. we absolutely should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first we have to vote. Yeah. Yeah. I vote the Puppet Master. I vote the Puppet Master. And I vote the Beach. All right. Oh, we're here. The Puppet Master is the best episode of Avatar. Heard this bracket. <laughs> Subject to change. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I can't, yeah. <laughs> All right, now that our hands are nice and Time sticky, for our... let's oh. get these handshakes oh, going. Oh, yeah. Oh. This is wrong. Um, <laughs> this is absurd. Okay, no, everybody, everybody put their left hand upside down. <laughs> yeah. No, Tim, your other left hand. <laughs> no, grab mine. <laughs> They just like can't see this. Marissa, this is not firm. Make it firm. Oh, it hurts. You have my nose. I'm hurting. I was definitely a flat you fool. Oh, all right, so we just shared one very flaccid three-way handshake. So if you would like to know how to do the flaccid three-way handshake. Which is also a rousing dance, by the way. Go to three non-benders the way you expect. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, uh, I feel like well. I gotta shake out the handshake. Like, I definitely did something. I, you were definitely, like, crushing my knuckles. Because <laughs> he told me to get firmer on Make it hand, firm! And because our hands were crossed, I was like, ah! <laughs> Just crushing my hands. Uh, I want you to know, it was very firm, Tim. Uh, <laughs> two different experiences. Definitely. Oh my god. Worse for the wear. <laughs> that was oh, it. Oh my god. Okay, so we came to the end of the bracket. Everybody, how do you feel? Y'all feel good? Honestly, feel... amazing. I feel like I just ran a marathon, but, like, I'm happy about it. I'm proud of ourselves. I drank a Coke during that, so I'm pretty hyped. 
<laughs> yeah. It's a it's real steamy in here. I just yeah. gotta yeah, let y'all know. Yeah, from that three-way handshake. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, God. I feel like we really, um, we, we just like <laughs> shot the moon with that. Oh, yeah. I felt like we were all winning and then we all lost. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. We did it. And now y'all have to weigh in. Yeah. So crazy tweet at us. Crazy tweet. Crazy tweet. Don't normal tweet. If you normal tweet, we will know. (laughs) Uh, We have been three (laughs) non-benders. And will continue to be. And will continue to be three non-benders in the car, talking about Avatar. In the meantime, go to our website, three non-benders, three spelled the normal way, dot com to see more episodes of this podcast you can also go to our twitter at three non-benders but three with the number three our absentee firebender and music producer is isaac gilbert producer composer our music man our music man <laughs> our music our flamio flamio hotman our flamio hotman is isaac gilbert and that's our show well oh, well done gang we did it, guys. That's it. I'm, I'm really satisfied with, with what we did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop it. Okay. Also, y'all said thrashing, and I said hashing. Oh, <laughs> just the schla- hashling slasher. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hashing. <laughs> Visceral caching. Me every week with my paycheck. <laughs> Visceral caching. <laughs>